0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello, everyone. I am Liz Loza. Happy New Year. And I am joined today by none other than Dalton Daldon. Now, Dalton, obviously, we are close to two weeks into the New Year, but you and I haven't, I don't think, because time is a contract that barely exists anymore, um, talked to one another in 2021 so i have to ask how are things going for you thus far
0: things are going well a bit of a weird time in sports transitioning to uh, talking hoops right now there's a big james harden trade so i'm kind of all over the place because even even getting hit up to start baseball even here too so happy to talk football with you i'm coming off a pretty fun weekend man i'm all in on the six games i don't know how much uh if it was too much for you but I i liked it and uh looking forward to another good weekend too
1: I liked it except for the Bears game, not because they lost, but because yeah. that game should have never existed.
0: Yeah, that one wasn't the greatest. Yeah, there are going to be some duds, but there was it was fun. Man, I just the, just looking back, it's like uh, it's so much better in the West Coast and waking up on a Saturday yeah. morning having football right away all day and Sunday. Now I feel like next year it would be like, can you imagine not having three games e- each day? But uh, yeah, sorry about your Bears, and they're yeah. running it back with Ryan Pace and Neggy, So yeah, I don't know, not not <laughs> ideal.
1: Well, I will say the and since we have similarly aged kids, one of the best parts about the Bears game was the Nickelodeon broadcast. Did you watch any of that? I will admit that I watched most of mine in regular because we have a rule about when football is on, mommy has to be allowed to to watch it. So I I, I kind of I would catch pieces of it. And I thought it was really good for my older for my son to, you know, when he had questions like they did a really good job of informing younger viewers about what different things were. And the rules?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. Everything I saw was really good. The only argument I would have, or the only problem I have with it is that they countered with the Romo game. And I do like Tony Romo's commentary. So I did end up watching a lot of that. Right. But from what I did gather and what everything I read on social media, they did a great job and there should be more of that. I, I mean, why not? I mean, that's a great idea, especially you know, to get, get kids into it early. It was funny though. I think they had like, who was the MVP of the game? I think it was like the Bears offense or something. And they had, <laughs> was the winner of the poll or something. But yeah, and the slime and all that. But yeah, I heard there was very positive reviews from what I saw. I enjoyed it as as well.
1: Yeah, exceeded expectations for sure. Okay, but we are going to talk about the teams that won last week because it is now the divisional round. So um, we're previewing this weekend's games. If you're in a playoff league, we're throwing some props out in DFS if you're not – As always, this week's odds are from our friends at BetMGM who have a deal going right now. New users get $25 in bonus dollars upon registration. No deposit required and can be used immediately and receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with their first deposit. That all makes sense. I think it makes sense, right? Sign up at BetMGM.com slash Yahoo and make sure to use the promo code SPORTSBOOK when you make your first deposit. Promo valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, tennessee or colorado that are of course 21 years or older and you know terms have got to apply before we get to all of the good stuff we have to talk about the coaching carousel because lord it is spinning schottenheimer was supposed to return then he was fired in seattle as the oc what are your thoughts on that first thing out
0: well, it's just crazy because he got fired because not that I love Schottenheimer, but because they want to run the ball more. That's what this sounds like. I know Pete Carroll's a good locker room guy, and part of his coaching uh, is, is no doubt, without question, he wins wherever he's been. But man, uh, this philosophy is 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 passed him by, and and I don't get it. Uh, I, I see. Um, If they do not make the right choice here, I think Carroll will be soon to follow because, man, you're wasting Russell Wilson, one of the best players ever in his prime, worrying about establishing the run. I mean, it's silly. So I don't like what this move signifies.
1: It is interesting, though, and I haven't heard anyone give a cogent specific reason as to why Russ stopped cooking other than... a a coaching philosophy, right? It did seem the complaint with the team on balance was that it wasn't balanced and that the defense was giving up all of these yards. And Andy Barons likes to make the point quite frequently that it's not that the defense was bad necessarily. I'm not saying that they were um, amazing, but they were maybe, you know, an average defense, especially with Jamal Adams banged up, Um, but that these ping pong matches would occur so that the stat lines would bear out a lot of passing yards given up by the defense. And as the defense started to get stiffer, it seemed as though then they didn't keep up with the offensive potency, which is, if you're looking especially at the teams that are in the playoffs now, something that just doesn't last, that that can't um, continue to succeed.
0: I don't know why they changed their philosophy uh, midway through. I know there were some turnovers, a couple of losses there, but... Uh, it's a good point by, by Andy because the defense, uh, yeah, it, a lot of times it, when, when the whole phrase from a couple years ago, defense doesn't matter, it just means basically dictating uh, game script. Basically, an offense is g- dictate game script more than defense is really what that meant. And the, when Russell Wilson was cooking and they were throwing the ball, yeah, of course, that was going to lead to worse defensive stats in the box score because they were playing with the lead and they were probably calling more you know shell defenses as well. So I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in 2021, but to me, this signifies that Carroll's going to try to go down with more pounding the football and uh to him that does make the defense uh, there is a cascading effect of a defense being right. fresher and not being on the field in time of possession and all that i mean there is some truth to that but man when you have russell wilson in his prime i would just be um really just letting him throw the football on first and first and ten a lot more than they than they were
1: um and just to give a shout out to that end because obviously the time that russell wilson has left is what's being considered uh sully John Sullivan, who is one of our podcast producers here, giant Seahawks fan, has the Christmas sweater, the whole thing. To quote him, they have to nail this pick. If they don't, everybody's getting fired. They have three years of Russ left. So let's see if they get some cooking done in those three years. Moving on to the Panthers. The Panthers hired Seahawks VP of Football Operations Scott Fitterer as their general manager. So that was a, a little bit of a tidbit. Any thoughts on that?
0: Other than the word is, um, that he's important and the Niners nearly lost a guy that was Lynch's right-hand man and they didn't. So as a Niner fan, the people are celebrating. I believe one of the other people in their division lost some important personnel guy behind the scenes too. So that's all I know is some of these guys are, are you know, they they have more say than, uh, the bigger names in front of them, but by all, by all intents and purposes, this was a, a good get by the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, Also, Joe, Joe, if we're speaking of the Panthers, Joe Brady, obviously in play, he's interviewed at a number of places, Um, another, another person who has interviewed for a lot of head coaching jobs or has been linked to a lot of head coaching jobs, he was very closely linked to the Chargers But we've all sort of known he was going to end up in Jacksonville, is Urban Meyer. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that the Jags are working to finalize an agreement between the college H.C. for this professional H.C. vacancy. Um, This is going to happen, right? We know that Urban Meyer also has been long um, enamored with Trevor Lawrence. So it it feels like this is a done deal, no? No.
0: Yeah, it's a done deal, and there will you will hear some Justin Fields talk of the Ohio State connections, but definitely Trevor Lawrence will end up in Jacksonville, and I do not have a strong take here because I'm not a college guy, and I'm curious what other people have. From what I've read, is I mean that guy got it done wherever he went, Urban Meyer, but it was uh, four star recruits followed by five star recruits, and he hasn't really been a part of the X's and O's in like a decade, so. I don't know how this is going to end, but it's a very uh, aggressive. It's a it's a it's a, a I mean, I, I like shooting for this, you know, sh- going for it. You know, you, you can't can't fault them for that. But this could end up in a disaster. So I'm very curious. If people that follow college far more than me have to think of this.
1: Well, I like that you're mentioning that. Obviously, this is a good time to mention that we do. Yahoo Sports does have a college football podcast. Um, and Eric Edholm, who is our draft specialist tweeted this point because you're mentioning the Justin Fields. I I don't know how much the Justin Fields thing is actually in play, but I was discounting it until I read this tweet from Ed Holm. uh, And he wrote, Urban Meyer watched the Sugar Bowl game in person, the one where Justin Fields outperformed Trevor Lawrence. Meyer's OSU connections are obvious. So is there a chance he could favor Fields over Lawrence for the number one pick in the NFL draft? And then he digs in. So if any of you are either catching up on – On the college game, especially in this like weird year where not everybody played or some of the prospects, you know, opted out, um, then I'd encourage you to check out all of Eric's work and the Yahoo College podcast, but particularly this article, because I think it'll shed a lot of light on some of the bigger name picks in that that are in play come April.
0: You know, you know, it was a weird year when you looked at the screen and you saw the championship game featured one team that was 12 and 0 versus another that was 8 and 0. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a very odd season. But indeed,
1: yep, for sure. Um, last coaching report that we're going to mention. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports that uh, Arthur Smith, obviously the Titans OC, is the quote front runner to be hired as the Falcons head coach.
0: Yeah, everyone loves Arthur Smith. He ran a ton of play action. That's the, the the play to run in the NFL these days. So Why not? This sounds sounds great. Um, they coming off, you know, they didn't have the greatest game in the playoffs, but the Ravens' defense have been playing really well the final month of the year. So yeah, this seems like another inspiring hire.
1: And we're going to keep an eye on, There's, there, like I said earlier, they're, the coaching carousel is certainly spinning, but I think the biggest name we're keeping an eye on who doesn't have permission right now to interview because his team is advancing in the playoffs is Brian Dable. And I personally would love to see Dable end up in Los Angeles um, with Justin Herbert. To me, that is a, especially after oh, what you've seen yeah. him do with Josh Allen, right? like That would be a wonderful hire. Um, and I think it would bring the Chargers organization to a sort of national relevance that it hasn't had in a long time. So um, and and obviously the other the other team we have to keep an eye on, though I don't expect we're going to hear anything very immediately at all, is the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yeah, love day ball to the Chargers. That would be great. Another guy really into the play action and a lot of uh, motion, pre-snap motion. Chargers, Warren Sharp had a, had a tweet that they're. I think they were among the team leaders in first down run frequency, yet they were the only team to average fewer than four yards a carry on first down, and they had that all with Justin Herbert at quarterback. I mean, just just a disaster. So, yes, let's get a competent play caller in there, and, and I love that match.
1: Who would you like to see, just for S's and G's, go to the Eagles?
0: Well, uh, who are the other options out there? I mean, you've got
1: Biennium. enemy is you know, an option. You uh, here's right my answer. Here's Andy Reid coaching situation. I have the answer for you.
0: Okay. Okay. My answer is whoever turns over to Jalen Hurts. Hurts has to be their quarterback there. And I, and I worry that the owner is really into Wentz. And that's the latest reports that Peterson wanted to side with Hurts. And the owner was into Wentz. But another quote if you read into into the to the Lurie, was saying that Hertz suffered a a significant hamstring injury against the Cowboys in week 16. I tried to to search it. I don't see it reported anywhere. And remember, he was not as good in that week 17 game. And they ended up benching him, of course, the controversy. So I haven't even seen people talking about that. But if he really did suffer a significant hamstring injury in that Cowboy game, it would explain why he wasn't as good against a much tougher Washington defense. And, you know, he sat the final two. I'm in on him. I love his rushing upside. And I hope there's question marks at fantasy draft tables next year. But that, of course, would, would be a problem if he's not actually starting in Wentz returns.
1: I I agree with you. And it was actually, I think the source, this isn't for everyone who's listening, just pure conjecture. It was Troy Aikman who went on Michael Irvin's podcast and talked about how he spoke personally with Doug Peterson after Peterson's dismissal. And what he could ascertain, so that's coded language, right? What he could ascertain is that Peterson wanted... The, the major reason for the split was that Peterson wanted to move on Hertz, which is interesting, right? Because when Hertz was starting, a lot of us were like, we don't even really know if Peterson wants to throw Hertz out there. And maybe that had to do with job security more than we realized at the time. And that Laurie, right. uh, the team's owner, had... I don't even know if it's an appreciation for Wentz so much as so much money sunk into him with that contract. So um, it, it is a fascinating situation because... You know, why make the pick in the draft last year if you know it's only going to back you into a corner? Like, it's the, oh, ah, what the heck, let's see what we got. And now what we got has made us really have to um, make some tough decisions.
0: Yeah, Hurts led the nation in non-play action YPA his final year in college. The rushing is just through the roof of the fantasy. So I think he did plenty enough to show he should be the Eagles' future. Wentz taking all the sacks, the injury proneness. I get the contract is an issue. But um, that is the story to follow uh, during the offseason for me. And uh, just quickly circling back, I hope Eric Bannamy gets a chance. Uh, It's frustrating because apparently, I guess, has two things going against him. One, how deep the Chiefs are likely to go into the postseason. And B, I guess there's a a question of Andy Reid coaching tree or whatever. But he looks like a... A, a candidate that I hope gets an opportunity uh, this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. All right, let's go ahead and begin the divisional preview. And let's start with, um, I did Mad Bets earlier. And for everyone who doesn't know that, uh, please do follow the Yahoo Sportsbook Twitter handle on on social, um, because we're doing a lot of fun stuff with different props. Minty Betts and Jared Quay are on there all of the time. They're more of our betting experts in terms of video. But I I do go on Mad Bets and do um, a couple of prop shows. And this week, Jared and I were talking about how none of our answers for all of the props we were answering included this Rams-Packers game because there are so many stinking question marks. Nobody wants to put a lot of money on this game. The one thing that has been clarified is that Goff is expected to start. Last week, the hot take was that Goff got benched, and then that lasted, you know, not very long, barely into the first first quarter of the game before um, Wolford uh, suffered that stinger and had to go to the hospital. So now we know that Goff is expected to start. I'm not sure that that's a good thing for Los Angeles. I, I will say... The thing that John Walford brought to the offense that Jared Goff decidedly does not is a mobile ability. And our own Scott Pianowski wrote a banger of an article about how the mobile quarterback is the quarterback, not of the future, but of the present. The evolution has happened. We are living in it now. And I think that Sean McVay would like to add some, especially against a Mike Patton defense, some rushing upside to his entire offense to add that to the quarterback position so I'm not sure that Jared Goff who you know didn't suck last week right the the Rams won the game also is not necessarily someone that I think can keep pace with what we are expecting Aaron Rodgers to do especially with Aaron Donald banged up he's feeling healthy but let's not forget that he did get banged up um and we assume that Jalen Ramsey right is going to Try to take away Devontae Adams.
0: I think Sean McVay agrees with you as well. John Wolford, um, I think gave him a higher ceiling. The final week he played, not just the the mobility, but the pass chart actually featured passes down the field, 20 and 30 yards, something that just doesn't happen nearly at all with with golf. So now instead, you got Goff with a banged up thumb. It's not ideal. With Aaron Donald also banged up, and Cooper Cup is as well. All right. Yep. Although I will, I will, I will, will say Andrew Whitworth coming back was a uh, kind of underreported last week, and now David Bakhtiari is the left tackle's out for the Packers. But this is the week that often features the blowouts of uh, round two of the, of the playoffs in the NFL because of the bye teams. Now there's only two of those this year, but I do worry. Um, as far as uh, watchability that both Green Bay and Kansas City might, might get out of hand in the second half here. Uh, pa- Rams are a, a legit defense, the real deal. But if they fall behind, and this Packers team, I'm dumb questioning, they're much better than they were last year, although the Bakhtiari loss is, is not nothing. Um, so I think if the Rams fall behind here, you got Goff with the banged-up cup, uh, that's, it's, it's certainly not an ideal setup.
1: Also, from a daily fantasy perspective, Cam Akers and Aaron Jones both twenty nine dollars in our game. Now you have to imagine that the offensive game plan for Los Angeles is to ride Cam Akers, his ability to create um, against a rushing defense that is certainly vulnerable and susceptible. But if you're Love right, Akers. if it gets out of if it gets out of hand, then I don't I don't know how how much we can use that.
0: I love Akers next season, and frankly, I'm going to rank him super aggressively because the point is was to get the Rams' feature back in fantasy. Now, it was hard to figure that out this year. I mean, Todd Gurley led the NFL in touchdowns from that role over the previous three years, but I think it's clear it's Akers next season. I mean, he's playing with a high ankle sprain um, and McVay is, isn't even giving anyone else any snaps. So I like his, his workload for next year. But this week, it's Aaron Jones. It's the same price, and that's a no-brainer. Yep. Aaron Jones this year, his yards per carry, I know it's not a great stat, but this is weird. Went from 3.9 on the road to 6.9 at home. I mean, he just performs so much better in Green Bay. Um, another DFS, Green Bay Packers defense, just 13 at home against Green Bay. So if this game script does go that way, stacking Aaron Jones and Green Bay Packers defense against the Rams, uh, seven-point home favorites, uh, I, I could see that. then on the flip side, Devontae Adams is a tough matchup, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they're both technicians, so uh, he would be more of a fade, and personally, I would pay up for Tyreek Hill, even though it's more. I love the pricing. That's a sharp pricing. Tyreek Hill will be more this week, um, especially in half-point Yahoo. But I, I pay up more for Tyreek Kill at thirty seven than I would Adams. And MVS, uh the, the hit or miss, the one worry concern I have here is since the Rams switched up midseason, they have not allowed like a single pass play over twenty yards in seemingly forever, and that's pretty much all MVS's game. So yeah. I I think a, a heavy game of Aaron Jones and maybe some Tunyon and even Lazard and win with their defense is how I see this one shaking out. What about you, Liz?
1: Um, it's interesting because as you were talking, I was looking up my Every week we do a DFS lineup, and I did pay up for Tyreek Hill, and I do have Aaron Jones and uh, the Packers defense all going. That is already in print. It is already on, quote, the website. So I'm a fan of all three of those picks, and I do like Jones ahead of Akers because of the health and because of the fact that he's only seeing a stacked front under 25% of the time, and that's what having Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams um, and to your point about uh his downfield ability, MVS to a certain extent, stretching the field will do for Aaron Jones. And we also know that he is used quite capably and frequently in the passing game. So um I I like all of those stats. And I, I do I do like that you mentioned Tunyon. Uh I believe he is um I believe he's fairly highly priced, around $16. I almost put him in, but I actually subbed him out for Jared Cook at the last moment because I wanted um a little bit of diversity in my lineup.
0: And while the Rams defense is obviously uh, not ideal matchup, them being so good against the pass could really, you know, lead to a lot of touches from Aaron Jones. Obviously, usually it's 15 targets. Uh, Adams, maybe this week it's an Aaron, more of an Aaron Jones game, especially once they play with the lead. And, and again, the, the, the worry there is is a banged up Jared Goff uh, in that game getting out of hand in the second half. I, this Packers team is really, really good. I mean, I, I, I mean I, first off, I just like it's more of the same of last year when they were 13 and three with a unimpressive point differential. You know, because their defense doesn't look overwhelming. But man, year two in LeFleur's system, all that play action, Aaron Rodgers is sits back there so comfortable and if Aaron Donald is not 100% because that's their only chance here is getting pressure on 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 Rodgers which has been so rare this season so uh, I like the setup for Green Bay
1: I also want to mention not many people are talking about the fact that this game is in Green Bay and we have seen, particularly Devonta Adams, I mean, the broadcasting crew talked about how Adams is can work cleats and snow outdoors better than anybody mm-hmm. else, right? He yeah. is a miracle outdoors. And I very distinctly remember Jared Goff two years ago going to Soldier Field when they suffered, I believe, their first loss of the season, and that was back in 2018. Soldier Field also uh, an outdoor stadium, and him looking so cold and so miserable, Cali kid wanting to get through it. Um, so I do think that the elements are going to play some factor in this contest.
0: Yep. Three of the four games this weekend are called for cold weather. and Yeah, the L.A. team traveling across the country and, and, and golf is actually the worst as far as splits when it gets cold weather. So great point.
1: Uh, let's talk about Baltimore at Buffalo. This is an exciting matchup. Uh, one of the props on Mad Bets was which of these two running uh, which of these two quarterbacks do you think will have the most rushing attempts Josh Allen and Lam- or Lamar Jackson and I appreciated that wasn't about yards but actual attempts and still my answer is Lamar Jackson I mean he's averaging uh, around 12 rushing attempts since returning for COVID over his last you know six game win streak I-, I think this is going to be a dynamite a dynamite game um who are you I guess what in particular from a real football standpoint are you keeping an eye on in this one and then we can talk about you know uh the spread and and dfs and all of that
0: yeah i'm glad this game is saturday night this prime time it's should be super fun both teams capable of winning the super bowl it's really wide open the nfl right now there's a handful of teams capable of winning it um uh, happy Lamar Jackson you know, ugly pick early down um down what 10 points against Titans was first time he came back in an NFL game i believe by 10 points so super happy for him to win a playoff game um definitely capable of winning this game as well i would have sided with you as far as rushing ability that's just as far as rushing attempts and rushing yards uh, it's mostly though just because also Josh Allen's is flinging it around the park man so mm-hmm. impressive and um the Ravens were so tough against the run Last week, uh, they played. They played. They're, both these teams' defenses have played much better in the second half. So I know that over under is high, and you want to fill up your DFS lineup with that. I could see this game sneakily becoming more of a defensive struggle than I, I would lean toward the under. Let's put it that way.
1: I, I think it's interesting that you know people are. If people look at the full season, and you're alluding to this point, the full season stats they are not representative of what the different defenses have become over the past few weeks. And I think part of that key, and this is a point that Therese Paler made on the Yahoo NFL podcast, um, it the Baltimore defense is now healthy. But I still think, you know, you've got Cleus Campbell and Derek Wolfe and all those guys, and they are, like, now in it and fully healthy. Um, but I still think that Baltimore is more susceptible via the pass than they are on the ground. And we have seen, and I think Stephon Diggs, like, you know, you've got Marcus Peters likely to cover Stefan Diggs. And Marcus Peters is a wild card, right? He is susceptible to splash plays. He, you know, can do what he did last week or he can, have, and frankly, I believe the last time Buffalo met Baltimore, he batted down a pass in the end zone and, you know, gave the, uh, the Ravens the victory. That that go around, but also Stefan, that was a team without Stefan Diggs and Stefan Diggs is a wild man. And that is the matchup that I am most keyed in on here. And I think it could be an absolutely gorgeous battle, especially when you've got, um, you know, Diggs is a little bit banged up, but I think he's going to be okay. And you've got, you've got Cole Beasley a little bit dinged up, but I am still thinking that Josh Allen mm-hmm. is going to focus on his arm and try to beat, um, beat the Raven secondary than any of the ding and dunk stuff.
0: Yeah, Diggs at $31 is absolutely a DFS option this week. Um, I don't love any of the running backs set up this week. So if you want to go heavy with the, all the wideouts, even Kelsey we'll talk about later. Diggs looks unstoppable. I was worried about that oblique injury. Man, you suffer that in baseball, you're out six weeks. Um, but he looked fine last week. And I think he's even been removed from the injury report. And although I think Cole Beasley has as well, he ran like the same route over and over last week. And he doesn't look totally right to me with the knee. So I, I'm, I'm in on Diggs this week. Should be a great matchup with Peters. And certainly back with the Ravens, defense not a perfect stat but over the final three weeks they allowed the second fewest yards per play so i mean they really are entering the postseason playing well on that side of the ball but josh allen with that coaching that play action um i would lean toward them in a, in a close game bills by three
1: oh all right and and for what it's worth if you are worried about digs in the oblique injury or beasley being a little bit dinged up we saw last week and we've seen frankly Over the course of the season, Gabriel Davis continued to be a splash play on the outside, and he is only $13 uh, in our daily game. So if you're looking for a cheap flex or a wide receiver three at a value, I think that that could be, especially given the point total, the projected point total on this one, someone that you might consider.
0: And then one other bargain I like is Devin Singletary because he's $17 with no Zach Moss. I know Great that play. Allen to take the goal line carries and the Ravens just absolutely shut down Derrick Henry. But, you know, each game plans are different every week. So now maybe the Ravens, obviously they entered last week focused on stopping the, the run. This week against Josh Allen, maybe all their resources are allocated differently and mm-hmm. they're just beg Buffalo to run against just, you know, uh, not the opposite of eight man fronts. So I could see Devin Singletary as a, as a cheap uh, running back option here uh, with Zach Moss out.
1: I thought it was interesting that Josh Allen was $6 more expensive than Lamar Jackson. I personally rostered Jackson at 33 over Allen at 39. Who did you, did you take a quarterback from this matchup or someone um, that we're going to discuss in a little bit?
0: So um, I forget what I did, what I sent in officially, but I'm actually leaning toward a lineup this week that features either Breeze or, or Mayfield cheap at QB and just going uh, big on the receivers is wheres right. where I'm leaning. But, but of the prices there... Oh, yeah. I think Mahomes, Allen, and Jackson are all extremely close. So on Yahoo, I would lean Lamar.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. All right, let's move ahead. Since you mentioned Baker Baker Mayfield, uh, let's talk about the Browns at Kansas City. Kansas City has given up the eighth most fantasy points to running backs. Does that mean we are expecting a repeat performance from Nick Chubb and a little bit of Kareem Hunt, who is obviously, if you're looking at DFS, the cheaper of the two options?
0: Yeah, so cream hunt, I believe is the same exact price as Singletary. I would not pay for last week's touchdowns with Hunt. I would go for the for the uh, expected workload, more for Singletary there because Cleveland could be down here this game script. Um, Andy Reid off the double buy. Meanwhile, the Browns <laughs> just played Sun. They just played nice Sunday. Point. And the Browns just played Sunday night, and their tackle Jack Conklin looks out. So I love the story of, of the Browns, and I would consider, like I said, Mayfield at just twenty six here. I can see them playing from behind, really like Hooper at fifteen dollars. He's been getting the targets, um, but the setup here is for the KC offense to to roll and, and Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, not only just the buy, but they rested their guys in Week six, seventeen. So um, I like the setup here for KC.
1: 57 is the over-under per-bet MGM in this contest. So this is where the points are absolutely at. I have to admit, you know, I am intrigued by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially at only $19 in our daily game. But he was downgraded. He's dealing with that hip injury, obviously, in case you guys haven't been aware. Uh, He was downgraded to do not play on—did not play on Thursday. So are we— willing to risk it especially considering the rest um or would you even dare to mess with bell or maybe even williams i mean i don't you know that didn't look so good over the end of the season for bell
0: yeah i mean if you just a couple more bucks than, than singletary or hunt if you wanted to play the weight game and maybe wait for the buck situation to clear because that game's later too so you could you, i could see you doing that because edwards a of course disappointment this year but uh, relative healthy to where enough to play, he was drafted yeah, well, I say that as someone who loved him and took him fourth overall. So I mean, yeah, I'm just admitting defeat there. I, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I was all in on him. So um, he could uh, the touch. I mean, just this game situation. You said it. Over under this game is really 57 points, and they're the team favored by 10. So if he's the feature, or if he doesn't even need 20 touches there. So if he's he's absolutely a nice pivot in DFS. If he's healthy though, coming off a high ankle sprain right now, it kind of remains unclear, especially if he's held out of practice this week. But man, Le'Veon Bell just looks totally toast. So uh, yep. if, if, if Edward Alaire is active, he's an option. Another pivot there. I like KCD at just $13, same price as, the, as uh, the Packers. And Nicole Hardman would become an option. $16 is not the cheapest, but it'd become an option with Sammy Watkins suffering that calf injury, I Sing believe it week 16, and he's still not practicing. I know the Marcus Robinson's there, but Hardman's the upside guy. So turn him in or something. I could absolutely see it.
1: That's the moonshot, right? Absolutely. I I love that you mentioned next up I was going to talk about Sammy Watkins still not practicing. Therese Paler, our very own, reported that today. We're recording on Thursday. Um, Baker Mayfield, here's something I want to discuss with you. So he is $26 in our daily game. And last week I did a a local radio show, um, and we were talking about the different matchups. And I was um, interested to see – whether or not Baker Mayfield would be unleashed without Kevin Stefanski on the sideline. Like, I know that Kevin Stefanski is getting all of the credit for the game plan and for play calling and allowing Baker to cook or bake, I guess. Um, but but I, I wonder if not having the visual presence, and this is a little bit like, you know, psycho babble um, on the couch, if you will, but... We know that Kevin Stefanski, or we have seen that Kevin Stefanski wants to keep Baker Mayfield tethered and wants to run the ball. And, you know, if you look at Nick Chubb's stat line, that happened, except Nick Chubb was used as a receiver a lot more than he had been and a lot more than Kareem Hunt. I am wondering if Baker Mayfield felt more confident without Kevin Stefanski on the field and whether or not Kevin Stefanski's presence again will mean... Less opportunities for Baker, especially in a game where we expect that he will be pat- need to throw the ball because the Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites.
0: So my guess is Stefanski enters this game wanting to win time of possession, keep the Chiefs off the field, yep. try to run Nick Chubb as much as possible. But ultimately, that's not going to work out, and they're not going to get a horrible snap to open the game and be gifted a seven nothing lead. Immediately and be forced to throw for whatever it's worth. Mayfield threw 17 of his 26 touchdowns on the road this season, and home road splits are often meaningless. But maybe that dictates just pure game script. The home games they were playing with the lead, whereas road possibly are playing from behind. Just a thought. This game they're almost certainly going to be playing from behind. That's why I I like him as a as a cheap QB option here because there are whether Stefanski wants to or not. I feel like game scripts is going to force Mayfield to throw the ball more than usual, and he's been so much better without Beckham. I cannot. See Cleveland bringing him back in any shape or form next year. Landry looks great. Higgins is an interesting sleeper in this game. And Hooper has given a real nice rapport down the stretch here. So I think um, whether it's forced or whether it's game plan, Mayfield's going to be throwing the football a lot more than, than they're used to.
1: Thank you for mentioning, mentioning Higgins. He's only $11 in our daily game. Um, oh. And I think the simplification process for Baker Mayfield has certainly helped. I think this is a big opportunity not just for Mayfield but for Kevin Stefanski. I would like to see Mayfield be allowed to throw it with more confidence. Um and I would like to see Kevin Stefanski pushed into a situation like it sounds he will be this weekend where he has to believe in Baker's arm because that is the piece that we have seen tension over like this weird dance as to I want to but I'm not allowed to and Baker Mayfield just so in his head, trying to force the ball to OBJ because that's what he's supposed to do and not throw the ball because he's not allowed to. And then finally, when you give him a player he has rapport with and has had rapport with for years in Hollywood Higgins, it all sort of settles in. And then you don't have Kevin Stefanski on the field and he just doesn't have that visual reminder of like someone finger wagging him. And so I I am hoping that this is a moment that they can both kind of find a compromise and confidence in one another. But that is from a pure, a pure st- football standpoint. And also kind of the thing that I enjoy the most about the postseason because we get to watch these games singularly and we're not trying to keep track of 16 different, you know, contests going on or 12 different contests mm. if we're in buys or something. And we can actually just focus on the different narratives, especially heading into the off season for each team.
0: Yeah, that'll be, it's an interesting theory. I, I will pay attention see how Stefanski does coach this game. It would be interesting if he came out just firing away on that first drive. Yeah. To zero to zero. Um a, a side story i guess he found out uh watching the game from home because he's quarantined so he was downstairs and he found out that first snap from his his kids and his wife up above cheering like five seconds because their feed uh, was ahead of him so he found out the browns are up seven a uh, pretty pretty funny but um uh, are you in or out on the mayfield commercials because i know everyone hates them for it but i find some of them not so not so so horrible
1: i think they're kind of charming yeah
0: okay cool all right i, yeah. I find
1: them yeah. Charming. Yeah. I, don't I don't mind the mind guy i think he's I also don't yeah. mind a player or any business yeah. person taking a swing while they have it. You know, like yeah. someone's got to totally. make your money. And if you can make it now, yeah. go yeah. ahead and invest that. I hear Bitcoin's dead. You would maybe disagree, but put it somewhere and yeah. try to ROI.
0: Yeah, you heard wrong if that's what you heard. Come on, buy <laughs> the dip. You heard wrong.
1: That was, all right, I'm with on you though.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Don't trust uh, everything you see. Um, Yes. I'm with you. I hope they do let Mayfield throw the ball. And if they won, that'd be be an awesome story. But it would definitely surprise me with the setup here at Kansas City. All
1: right. uh, Now we went from Kansas City. We're going to go to New Orleans for the Battle of the Olds. It is Tom Brady at New Orleans. Um, I will say that New Orleans has gotten the best of Tampa Bay in their two meetings over the regular season. History would bear out that for the large majority of the time when teams met for a third time, the victor of the past two times wins. So the favor would be with the Saints, and Vegas is reflecting that, though only by three points.
0: Yeah, what a game. I'm really looking forward to this one, the oldest quarterback matchup in NFL history. Tampa Bay has only beat only beat one playoff team this year in the regular season, but they just killed all the other teams and they're playing so much better after the bye. Uh, their their play action usage has increased nearly 10 percent season high during the wildcard game. They're leading the NFL and EPA since that bye. So I'm, I'm predicting an upset here. I faded Brady at fantasy draft tables. Uh, they're healthy now, those receivers, it looks like, Antonio Brown. Um, these are actually, shockingly, the top two teams in DVOA are, are playing this wow. week. Should be a fun game. Um, I, I worry about Bruce Arians, but I also worry about, you know, Sean Payton's uh, track record in the playoffs isn't great either. So I think this should be fun. Um, two really good teams that have Super Bowl uh, aspirations. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I, I'm calling, a, calling a, a Bucks and Brady upset.
1: Ooh, okay. I like it. So you would, you would take the bucks in this one, even though um, the saints are favored.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'll take the points or even go money line if you wanted to, I, I do think that, the again, obviously I, I, the New Orleans has a, has a strong case and, and one interesting thing to know here before I forget is Taysom Hill may miss this. So if you're if you're considering Drew Brees, was just a dollar, I believe, more expensive than Baker, that could help there at the goal line if Taysom Hill misses the this, this game for Brees. But the Bucks' defense has played a little better at the end, but I really just like their offense and what the, the changes they've made, play action. Hopefully if Ronald Jones returns, it doesn't change that. But they're throwing the ball more. And Brady, you know, he's gotten it done a time or two in the postseason.
1: I think last week... Um, you saw the best of Arians and Brady together. For a lot of the season, we talked about Stefanski and Baker. There's been a push-pull of whose who's offense is this, right? And that has certainly existed. Even as we were heading into the season, we were asking, is this going to be Tom Brady's offense or is this going to be Bruce Arians' offense? And I don't think we've had an answer. Last week, it seemed to be Tom Brady's offense. You saw a lot of people saying, why is Gronk only getting one target? Well, bro, if you're watching, he's blocking. He is making sure that the aged quarterback stays upright because we know the narrative that if you can pressure, if Tom Brady, then that is the way to get to him. And obviously the Washington football team, despite how green or young their D-line may be, have were able to consistently find pressure. New Orleans is a more experienced defense that has a stronger secondary and, in theory, an offense that could keep pace. I am interested to see if Bruce Arians is able to stay calm and stay the course or if he is going to lean into some if by chance the Bucks falter early, throw in some no biscuit, no, ri- no risk, it, no biscuit stuff and start messing with Brady's protections and timing. And ultimately, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, things start to unravel a little bit
0: certainly possible i'd counter that that was the bucks c c plus type game last week they lost their starting running back right before the game they expected ronald john that's just kind of a weird shuffle to have to deal with um and um, Taylor Heineke is better than Alex Smith. I, I contend that Tampa Bay covers that last week if it's Alex Smith playing. But um, they're not without faults, Tampa Bay. And I said their defense been playing better. But honestly, their secondary is beatable. And New Orleans, you know, with a healthy Michael Thomas, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, certainly. I mean, they're, they're favored for a reason. This should be a good game, high scoring. Um, not only is Taysom Hill out, but Latavius Murray left last week injured too. So the goal line area for Breeze and Kamara suddenly really could open up there. But this should be a, a, a definitely a, a fun game. Um, and as you said, uh, New Orleans has already beat him up twice, so Brady's definitely gonna be uh, definitely gonna be motivated and fired up for this one.
1: Well, and you mentioned the the injuries, um, and particularly in the red area of the field where Drew Brees might be looking for a little bit of help, and that is why I mentioned earlier I subbed out um, Robert Tanyan and instead put in Jared Cook at the same price point of sixteen dollars because I think that that is a place where Cook could be utilized quite frequently back in Week One. He had seven targets, and that was when Breeze was healthy against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he ended up with 80 yards. He didn't find the end zone. He only had one red zone target, but seven looks is a, is a nice spot, um, especially in a game that we figure to have a decent amount of back and forth.
0: Yes, because Tampa Bay is pretty much impossible to run the ball against. So the opponents just have to pass the ball. I think they had the highest pass neutral rate against them because of that. So uh, they will throw the ball more. And Jared Cook, he went to Jared. Uh, Breeze does like to go to him in the red zone. And uh, on the flip side, Cameron Bray, I believe, has ran more routes the last two games than Gronk. Mm. So... Um, I I would avoid him in DFS this week. Of course, this will be the week he catches the two short touchdowns, but (laughs) something to note. I mean, Tunyon's actually a dollar cheaper, and and your guy Cook I like better, too, for sure, a dollar cheaper as well.
1: All right, let's go out on one fun prop. Who will lead in rushing this weekend? Give me your pick.
0: I don't love the David Bakhtiari loss, but for the reasons I stated, I think Green Bay is going to be playing with the lead. They're going to not want to test that pass events. And Aaron Jones at home, 6.9 yards per carry this season. Um, I know his his touches are inconsistent, but with their season, you know, their season's on the line here. They're going to give it to their best player. I like Aaron Jones at, at plus 650 to, to have the most rushing yards this week.
1: I, I, I hear that. I mean, I feel you're probably strategically correct in this. I can't not after standing so hard for Nick Chubb and calling him a, quote, gift in our finale of Fantasy Football Live, not pick Nick Chubb in this contest. I understand that game flow is going to be part of it. I understand that he's highly priced in DFS. I also understand that his breakaway run rate is among the best in the league. And after seeing him so utilized as a pass catcher, I have the utmost confidence in him. Again, this is probably a bit of a heart play instead of a wallet play, but I'm still going to go with him.
0: You get 10 to 1 odds here and you're facing a defense that ranked 31st in run defense DVOA uh this year and I'm never going to say anything negative about Nick Chubb. He's one of my two or three favorite players to watch right now, man. He's so awesome.
1: Well, thank you. See, I love doing the show with Dalton because he never says, that's kind of dumb, Liz. You should probably be thinking more clearly. He says, yeah, here are some reasons you're thinking clearly. I appreciate that, buddy.
0: You know, Liz... Liz, in our group piece this week, um, I was uh, all set to write about Adam Thielen until <sighs> I went into our shell and saw that you had already done Adam Thielen. So yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking thinking alike these days. But look uh, at yeah. that. You know, last year we're we're trying to come across with players that we want to fade next year, and they had a whole entire league uh, wide open, and I chose the same person as you. Last year it was easy over oh, there: Le'Veon Bell, Davey, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, all these guys going three, four rounds. I wanted no part of, but no one, nothing really jumped out at me. So, uh, but yeah, we're both avoiding Adam Thielen is is the point of this story
1: who did you end up writing about
0: I wrote David Montgomery I said it pains me to agree with Andy Barons, who just <laughs> wrote a column on him but at further you know the worry about the schedule and if it, people forget that Tariq Cohen you know leaving was a big deal and he's under contract next year and they're bringing back your coach and GM so I went with him but that wasn't super exciting
1: oh well I I still appreciate the uh Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast Podcast Mind Meld on Thursday evenings when we record. you listen to this so happy Friday. Speaking of podcasts, while wow, we have a lot of them at Yahoo Sports, I've already mentioned the Yahoo Sports NFL Podcast. I've already mentioned the Yahoo Sports College podcast. You should listen and subscribe to all of them as well as posted up with Chris Haynes, and he is covering the NBA. Dalton, let's get you a guest appearance on that one, okay? We'll talk to the producer maybe. Sounds good. All right, follow I'm us in. on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's at Dalton Del Don. We'll be back Monday to recap the weekend. Four games, two days, one last chance to avoid your family all weekend. You best enjoy it.